0: The Fan is better when you're part of it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
1: KM to AM. Keith McPherson joining you from now till midnight. It's the last football Friday until September. Wow. Another NFL season will come to an end on Sunday. Super Bowl 57 coming up. We're going to talk all football, all Super Bowl things tonight. I'll give you my thoughts on the game, what I think is going to happen, who I think has the advantage. We'll go through position groups, matchups, offense, defense, And especially talk about these two young black quarterbacks facing off the first time we've seen that. Also, the Kelsey brothers facing off the first time we've seen that. Two brothers in the Super Bowl. It's the Andy Reid Bowl. We've been talking about it for two weeks. And this is the last time to talk about it tonight. Call me up, 877-337. A six to six and two more sixes. Now, there's obviously a few different stories in the NFL that we'll hit on tonight. But it's a football Friday, man. Let's live in it. Uh, if you're like me, you love football, you love the game, and you love watching football and talking football, and we're going to have to wait a little while. I mean, in a couple months, we'll have the combine and we'll have the NFL draft, but that's not real football. That's not football. That's uh, down the road, and after Sunday, we'll have no more football to watch, to bet on, and to talk about on the fan for a few months. So for all my intents and purposes tonight, I've got a ton of notes on the NFL On this matchup, my thoughts, my opinion, and I'm sticking with the pick that I made week one. You've heard me say it all week. I think Monday I flip-flopped a little bit, but I picked the Chiefs in the beginning of the season. Everybody was going Bills, and I stuck with Kansas City. They have the best player in the league. He just won MVP last night, and if you heard me last night, I was talking about him. I was talking about how locally we cleaned up Brian Dable. Coach of the year for the New York Giants. Like, the Giants aren't rebuilding. In year one, you win a playoff game and your coach wins coach of the year. Tip your cap to the Mara family. Joe Shane, Brian Dable, great pick. I mean, for the Jets, talk about hitting on your picks. Talking talking about, like, a generational draft. The offensive and defensive rookies of the year. Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, that's great. That's such a good look. And last night I talked about How the Jets have to capitalize on this young talent. You also got to throw in Jermaine Johnson and Brees Hall, right? While these guys aren't making big money yet, the Jets are in win-now mode. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers tonight, of course. Aaron Rodgers is going into his four days of isolation. And if you've heard me on the fan this week, I said he'll, he'll sit in that darkness and he'll find his way to the black hole. The black hole that is the Las Vegas Raiders. He'll want to put on a black jersey when he comes out of there. And if he's a guy that needs isolation, I don't think he wants to come to New York. It's kind of hard to be isolated around here when you're the quarterback of the New York Jets. But the Jets shouldn't back off of him. The Jets should do everything in their power to try and entice him, to try and get him. He's got to be option one, uh, option 1A, and option 1B. I've said that too. Derek Carr, we think, is headed to New Orleans to play for the Saints. So they got to try and get. Aaron Rodgers. I saw that uh, the Browns owner is trying to get a quarter percent ownage of the Milwaukee Bucks. Aaron Rodgers is a 1% owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. And he also is dating the daughter of the Milwaukee Bucks owner. He's 13 years older than her, Mallory Edens. I just heard uh, Loogie talking about that. And I think we heard that she's a Princeton gal. I don't know how deep in their relationship they are, but... There's something for the Jets fans. Maybe she wants to come back to Jersey. Maybe they're dating and uh, she wants to come visit him out here. Who knows? I just think that um, with, with Aaron Rodgers and uh, his ayahuasca and his you know different way of thinking, he just fits in Vegas. He seems like a, a soul that'll go out there to the desert and find a nice little hiding spot and throw touchdown passes to Devontae Adams. And he probably wants to play with Devontae Adams more than he wants to be coached by Nathaniel Hackett this late in his career. What else do we have? For the Giants fans, Wink Martindale is reportedly out of the running for the Colts' head coaching job. Good for Wink. Not going over there with Jim Ursay uh, I think that's going to be a mess, and good for Giants fans. You'll most likely get your D coordinator back. And that Cardinals job, they're waiting till after the Super Bowl to name a head coach, so Mike Kafka's got to wait on that. I don't know if uh, it's him or Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, but... Today, former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury spoke with the Texans and uh, head coach D'Amico Ryans, who just got that gig coming over from San Fran, about joining their staff. So uh, we all heard about Kingsbury escaping to Thailand. He's back, and he's looking for work. And, uh, you know, there's so many things to hit on tonight, obviously, in the NFL. uh, There's more on the Michael Irvin uh, now lawsuit, right? We heard earlier in the week that Mike was pulled from NFL Network and ESPN. It kind of seemed fishy, right? We didn't have enough information. It seemed like a setup. It seemed like somebody was out to cancel him, out to get him. And, uh, you know, I think he misstepped by saying he had a couple drinks and he didn't remember. But either way, he's suing the hotel now and this woman. Uh, we heard that Brett Favre is suing Pat um, <clears throat> Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp. We'll see what happens with that and his whole situation uh, other than that, in the NFL, Tom Brady put in his retirement paperwork. It is done. It is a wrap. And I'm not a Tom Brady hater, but I did hate how long he dragged out his career and the fact that he retired last year and came back and stunk up the place. So Tom is out. Tom is officially done. And uh, I'm in here rocking my Kenny Pickett jersey tonight. If you're on Twitter, at Keith McPherson, you'll see me rocking my Kenny jersey. I just felt like rocking the kid from my hometown's Jersey on this last football Friday. I'm not a Sixburg fan, but shout out to Kenny. I I thought to text Kenny today when I saw Mitchell Trubisky and Deontay Johnson on Twitter dispelling a rumor that was put out there by our very own Gio from Boomer and Gio. Uh, I think it was this morning as well. We'll play that clip and uh, you'll hear what Gio had to say about Mitchell Trubisky and Deontay, Deontay Johnson and their relationship with Pittsburgh. I was about to hit Kenny like, hey, man what happened here but I don't know Geo's got his guys and uh, I thought that was interesting you know no such publicity is bad publicity uh people were checking out Geo people were checking out Boomer and Geo and uh, the morning show on CBS Sports uh Rihanna I want to talk about tonight the Super Bowl halftime show I think most people know but like you don't get paid to do the halftime show it is all an exposure play and Rihanna just had her firstborn son uh, with ASAP Rocky. Harlem's very own, a New Yorker. And now she's popping back out to do music. It's been a long time since she released an album. I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, Unlike Stephen A. Smith, I prefer her over Beyonce. And I have my list of songs that she must perform. She said she was struggling with her set list. I have my list of songs that she must perform during halftime. And it's the Super Bowl. You know, before we break here... And before we go through all little things of the Chiefs' offense, defense, the Eagles' offense, defense, the coaches, the matchup, uh, what one team is saying, what the other team is saying, and you know all of those things around the game, I just want you to think about the game, right? And and every year this happens, you know. When I was a kid, I watched the Dallas Cowboys put up 52 points in the first Super Bowl that I even really remember, and I became a Cowboys fan. There are a lot of kids that are watching. And uh, we can't have them be Eagles fans. There's enough crazy Eagles fans yelling, go birds. We need Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, to be Houdini, to work his magic and have the game of his life because that Eagles team is stacked. And the other thing about the Super Bowl is that all of these guys watched the Super Bowl every year as kids, and they dreamed of playing in this moment. Sometimes the moment is too big for some guys. Other guys seize the opportunity It's not a regular game. It's the biggest game. It's bigger than the World Series. It's bigger than the NBA Finals. It's bigger than the Stanley Cup. Everybody is paying attention. There's Super Bowl parties. There's Super Bowl commercials. You guys know the whole deal. It should be um, the Monday after, a national holiday, for everybody to have off and recover from partying all day into the night for the Super Bowl. So we'll talk about it, 877-337-6666. You got me till twelve. I will be hitting you with little facts and nuggets and different things that I came across. And uh, also later in the night, I'll give you some of my, like, FanDuel parlays and things that I'm going to bet. And once again, I obviously told you, it's Chiefs all day. I can't root for the Eagles. I can't see those dirty birds win another Super Bowl in the last, you know, five, six years and tear their city apart. We're too close to Philadelphia. We'll be hearing about it for an entire year. So let's go, Chiefs. Let's go, Pat Mahomes.
0: And he takes the knee, and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When
1: this happened, you talked about it on The
0: Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17-14. to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: Hey, must be the money. Friday, baby. Friday vibes on the fan. A five-hour KM to AM on the last football Friday for months. Uh, John Jaskremski, JJ After Dark. My guy John is out in Arizona. He will join us in about 20 minutes or so, uh, 740-ish. And uh, right now the Rangers are on and they're wasting no time. I saw Paulie geeking up. Behind the glass, Vladimir Tarasenko wasting no right, time. That's right, Keith. Vlad, he's a Vlad, Vlad man. <laughs> Rangers are already up 2-0 on the Kraken in the Garden. And uh, since they're playing in the Garden, the Knicks are down in Philadelphia playing in Wells Fargo Center against the Sixers. They're up 20-7 right now, so I've got eyes on both of those games. Obviously, it's a football Friday, but this is a fan in New York. We will definitely keep an eye on the Rangers And the Knicks. And uh, now let's play that clip that I was referencing in my open from Gio this morning. Talking about Mitchell Trubisky, who was the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers at quarterback. Deontay Johnson, who's one of their receivers. I guess there were some rumors swirling around. And you guys know Gio used to be out in Pittsburgh. So he's got some type of ears to the street. He's got some type of connection to someone over there. And uh, this caused a little bit of a stir on Twitter. I think Dove Kleiman was involved. He seems to always be involved in misinformation in the NFL. But Mitchell Trubisky came out to dispel this rumor and Deontay Johnson as well. So let's play what Gio had to say about those guys today.
0: We're sitting here at the Pittsburgh Steelers and I asked him, how the hell did you lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets? And he said, you know, I was under the weather that week. I think we had a bug going on in the locker room. TJ Watt didn't play, any injury. So then I asked my buddy from Pittsburgh, did you hear about that going into that game? The team was sick, and he goes, no, that's not what he was talking about. What he was talking about, the bug in the locker room, was that wide receiver Deontay Johnson punched Mitch Trubisky in the face that week. (laughs) <laughs> and that was the bug that was going through the locker room. Deon, he punched him in the yes, face. And I thing. was like, "Have you guys talked about this on the air?" He goes, "Yeah, no, we've talked about it. It's like it's a fact." And I it, have now. I, I this is the first I've heard of that. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, uh, "That's part of the reason why Trubisky ended up getting benched because it was like this horrible interaction between the two of them." uh, uh yeah, but so wait a minute. So Mitch Trubisky ends up getting punched and benched, punched and benched. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> Pretty bad, I know. Only something Mitch Trubisky can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Dante Johnson deserves... <laughs> why would... I mean, come on. Why Why is he punching his teammate? Because he sucks, I think, and he wasn't throwing him a ball. Uh, that's what That's what happened. Uh, I wish I would have known that yesterday would've asked Cam Mayward about it, but... I didn't know that. I wish was. I would have known that when it happened. I know, me too. And then going into the jet would have picked the Jets to win. Now I feel like it's such an after the season's over kind yeah. of that it doesn't make headlines. This would have made headlines, and I'm sure it did in Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. I'm just surprised it didn't get out. It, it like and I thought. I thought it was gonna be a much bigger story. But you said that they were talking about it on the radio. Yes, bro. that's what I said. I said you guys wow. discuss this on the air because I don't want to go on the air if it's something that's like a secret behind the scenes. I was like no, we've had a ton of conversation about. It. I'm like, how did I miss this? It's a huge deal. We all miss it. I guess so. I mean, the IK and Polly and the Geno Smith thing, I mean, that was national. Yeah, that was national. But, you know, we're obviously, as you said earlier, in the sports bubble of New York. So we're sure. going to see it and we're going to feel it. But I, I had no idea that that had happened. Yeah. Wow. That is yeah. something.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad that uh, they mentioned Geno Smith. That's another local guy that we can count. Obviously, he was drafted by the Jets and he won comeback player of the year last night. Over Saquon. I think Saquon should have won it. But I guess when you're looking at injuries versus being uh, you know, a first round pick or a top pick, I don't know if Gino was first round. Was he second round? Yeah, I think he was second round. But either way, he was kind of buried in a backup and he had a big year as a starter. So Gino wins that. And yeah, when you're thinking about these guys getting punched in the locker room, uh, Gino already had that story. But there was also shades of the story last year with Boomer talking about getting a text from someone that Aaron Rodgers would boycott playing in the Super Bowl if the Packers make it that far. I know you guys remember that. Um, Interesting stuff, man. the, The morning show is so big. It's like reached by, you know, or they reach so many people. It's watched by so many people. When I saw that on Twitter, I was like, oh, okay, doesn't matter. It's just a rumor. But good for Boomer and Geo, good for WFN, good for CBS Sports Radio. It reached a few people on Twitter, and Mitchell Trubisky's response was, Zero truth to this. And Deontay Johnson just put two hat emojis for cap, cap, big cap. So I thought that was interesting today that uh, our local guys here out there in Arizona make national headlines that way. And uh, national headlines uh, also out there. You know, I talk about bulletin board material a lot, especially with these high level athletes that are at the. You know, biggest game of their life, at the top of their profession. Like, you don't need to motivate these guys anymore. But here comes a kicker, Robbie Gold, the 49ers kicker. He's not even playing in the game. He puts a quote out there, and he says, if you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, you're probably going to have a pretty solid day on defense. And I don't know about that, folks. Jalen Hurts is a competitor. Him and Mahomes are both, like, vocal leaders, They're different kind of quarterbacks. Uh, I have been on record saying that I don't think Hurts is much of a thrower. So if they force him into third and long situations where he really has to, you know, either drop back or read the defense and deliver the ball, I think that they can uh, throw off the rhythm of their offense. But now you just put, you know, another battery in the back of this guy who has been counted out so many times, right? This guy uh, had to transfer schools. This guy was benched in the national championship. This guy was drafted in the second round. He's already got a huge chip on his shoulder. He's 24 years old. Uh, He had the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback ever this year. And now he's going into the Super Bowl with one game to immortalize himself and his team. And I'm kind of scared that the Eagles are just, like, super stacked, super motivated. I heard Hassan Reddick talking about how every step of the way they've been doubted. Like, they're still hungry, and they're still looking for their respect. I don't know if Andy Reid can game plan to stop all the horses that they have. It's going to be a great game. I'm still rolling with the Chiefs because I just think it's going to be a back and forth game. I saw a stat today, I think on ESPN, it says, you know, neither one of these teams have um, have trailed by like a certain amount. Like they, neither one of these teams have gotten down by more than like a touchdown in their games this year. They've trailed, but they haven't been, you know, uh, in the hole too much. So I think if there's a chance – for the Chiefs to pull it off, they got to take a lead early, and Pat Mahomes has to be Houdini and just carry the Chiefs. I don't think they have the talent to match up with them. I think talent-wise that the Eagles have it at every position, and they have backups, they have depth. They have so many guys on that defense, so many guys on that offense. They have guys that won the Super Bowl five years ago that are trying to get another ring, and... uh it's going to be a great game. i got a bunch of stuff to hit you guys with, but let's see if I can sneak a call in right here before we break, and then we go get J.J., my guy Josh, in the Bronx. You know he's on the line. What's up, Josh? I'm, I'm telling you,
2: Keith, man, I, I'm pumped up. I can't wait until Sunday. I'm going to try and stay off Twitter, Twitter, excuse me, and wait until you come back next week with everything. I want to hear what you and the callers have to say. I'll let you go. I'll keep it short. And thank you for having me. Mr. Jastrzemski on. I'd like to hear what he has to say as well as you.
1: Thank you for taking
2: my call. Have a great weekend and enjoy the Super Bowl.
1: You too, Josh. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to John. JJ's my guy. Uh, Yankee Stadium, we've linked uh, plenty times from the Bodegas to the Delta Suite. And uh, I've always admired JJ. Uh, Before I was on the fan, I used to listen to JJ and, you know, was just aware of him. So I'm glad he's given me the time. He's out there in Arizona on Radio Row, and I've seen his Instagram and stuff. He's with all the uh, different players and coaches and former players, and he's going to check in with us in a little bit. Let's sneak another call in, 877-337-6666, if you want to be on after JJ. Right now, let's go to New Hyde Park. Tommy's on the fan. What's up, Tommy?
2: Hey, Keith. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for calling.
2: Um, I want to ask, like, I I find it amazing that Kyle Wilson got the um, rookie of the year without us with all crappy quarterbacks. It amazes
1: me. Yeah, I think that's why, you know, because he put up all those yards and had those numbers with no consistent quarterback. So that's just a testament to him as a rookie, right? Uh, I've talked about how he would have been top 10 his first year in the NFL if they had a consistent quarterback all year, if they had just decent average quarterback play. So I think Chris Olave was another option and then obviously Brock Purdy had came on late um but when you look at Brock Purdy he was surrounded by talent when you look at Garrett Wilson he barely had a guy that could consistently throw him the ball
2: and we also had another uh most valuable player uh rookie of the year, uh Gardner
1: yeah sauce some people are already saying sauce is the best cornerback in the NFL uh i just i love his demeanor i love his story he shared some of that last night and yeah. You know, right. for the Jets to have Daryl Rivas, we talked about that last night too. He's oh, going Cleco? into the Hall of Fame. Klecko's oh, going into the Hall of Fame. For the Jets to hit on Daryl Rivas, and then uh, you know, a few years later down the road, you hit on Sauce Gardner. Man, those two are two of the best corners. Like you could you could land in the draft. Like Sauce is on his way to being one of the best corners in the NFL, and he's going to command some money. That's why the Jets have to capitalize this year. There is no more playing around with Zach Wilson. And I heard Woody Johnson's comments. I had no problem with it. Woody Johnson has eyes. He owns the team. Um, he knows that Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. He trusted his GM and his head coach to make the decision on who to draft, and they drafted Zach Wilson, and they know they need a veteran now. They need experience now to you know, help this team actually get to the playoffs and end that drought.
2: Uh, You know what? I also like that Dak. Dak Dak
1: Prescott wins Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah,
2: Yeah. that is like awesome.
1: Yeah, I will say you know as much as Dak frustrates me with the turnovers um, and playoff losses, he is a good man. He's a good guy. He's done a ton for people's mental health, right, and raising awareness around mental health and. He's gone through a lot in his life. He lost his mother to cancer while, you know, he was very young. Um, then he also lost his brother to suicide a couple years ago. So, you know, if anybody can uh, talk about going through some stuff and triumphing, it's uh, Dak Prescott. And he's done a lot with his foundation and uh, his efforts off the field. He has this foundation. It's like faith, fight, finish. Uh, I've I've donated to it. I've bought some apparel from it. Um, he's always... Um, you know, out there, and, and uh, he's he's always on the cause of, like, you know, if you need help, ask for help, and, like, checking on others and not being afraid to speak to people about your mental health.
2: You know, Keith, I got to tell you, I lost my sister to opioids. I've been fighting cancer for the last six years. And you know what it is? It, you have to have hope. And uh, Oh, I send a lot of money to St. Jude's Hospital for the Children who have cancer, and they really need that help. And um, it makes me feel good, like anybody else would. And I'm I'm lucky I'm still surviving.
1: Yeah, it's good to hear. hope you, Hopefully you're feeling all right. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's something that I feel like we all can relate to. Um, we all either have someone that we've lost or we all have someone we know that's going through something uh, like a physical ailment or illness and, uh, yeah, you know, being really, charitable. What was that?
2: It really does, you know, like, it's a great thing. But I want to tell you, Enjoy the Super Bowl. Who do you
1: think going to win it? Chiefs. Chiefs. I got to go with the Chiefs. I'm a, I'm a Dallas fan. Uh, I grew up in Monmouth County where you start to get any further south of there into Ocean County. You start getting into Eagles territory where people in South Jersey just think they're part of Pennsylvania. I just can't deal with these Philadelphia Eagles fans winning another Super Bowl and then walking around with their chest out for another year. It's just I, I I know it's close to happening, but I am praying that Pat Mahomes pulls it off late. Like, I see him having the ball with less than two minutes and driving down the field to get the winning touchdown or field goal, and that's it.
2: I agree with you. I'm, you know you know, I'm a Cowboy fan, too. And um, I think it's going to come down to, like, the last minute or the last drive, and Mahomes is going to pull it out.
1: He's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy. Thanks for the, thanks for the call, Tommy. Uh, I saw something today about um, the MVPs not winning the Super Bowl. The MVP hasn't won the Super Bowl since 1999. It's kind of weird. It's like these Heisman Trophy winners not winning the national championship. Like the best individual player isn't always on the best team. And uh, it's the Super Bowl, though. I'm, I'm thinking about Patrick Mahomes playing in his third Super Bowl, so young. His experience, the Chiefs' experience being there, Andy Reid's experience being there, that's going to play. And they're going to play like it's just another game. And. Uh, they're, you know, they're not a better team on paper, but the game isn't played on paper. Anything can happen in this game. I expect there to be trick plays. I expect there to be uh, turnovers, fumbles, and I absolutely expect there to be bogus calls. The officiating crew—they're—they're they're definitely gonna have some bogus pass interference, um, roughing the passer. You know, you see it every Sunday, and we just watch it and keep moving. You're gonna see it on Sunday, and we'll just accept it, but. It's going to be a good game. I think this is the game that people want right now. They're saying already this is going to be the most wagered on, most bet on Super Bowl of all time. The over-under set at 50 and a half, so they're expecting around 50 points. I think it it should be closer to 60. I I think this game is going to end up uh, with one of the teams, if not both of the teams, scoring 30. And that's what we want. You want your Super Bowl boxes to hit. You want your same-game parlays to hit, your prop bets to hit. And you need points. I was saying last night, like nobody wants to see a 13-9 Super Bowl. Nobody wants to see a field goal Super Bowl. We want to see points. And I, I think with these offenses, you, you've you got the number one seed in the, in the AFC, the number one seed in the NFC. And with these two high-powered offenses, different styles, but a lot of weapons and a lot of guys that can get after it, it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl to watch. And we'll watch Rihanna at halftime, and uh, we'll enjoy the holiday this Sunday. And then football's over, and we turn the page to baseball. All right, let's take this break here. We're going to go get my guy, JJ, after dark, John Jaskremski, coming up on the fan. After that, call me up. We'll talk all through the Super Bowl, the NFL news, and uh, we'll sprinkle in some other things from the NBA world, the NHL world, and maybe even some spring training conversation around MLB. Keep McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Let them have it. Call the fan at
0: 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
1: Yes, sir. Right back at it on the fan. A football Friday, the last football Friday until September. Joining me right now, J.J. after dark, John Jastrzemski, J.J. Bombs. What's up, my guy?
3: Mr. McPherson, I'm doing well. It's beautiful right now in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it is not dark. I-, I can promise you that. The city <laughs> is buzzing, uh, and I'm ready for this game, man. The Super Bowl, the worst part about it is this buildup, the anticipation, all of it. It's like, it's like enough already. Let's see the Chiefs and the Eagles. we are shaking dude.
1: It got up to 50, uh, 58 degrees today in, in New York. It
3: gets, nice. it gets nice in New York when I leave. That, that's the way <laughs> it goes, of course. I'll Otherwise Rosenberg and I would have been golfing,
1: guaranteed. Yeah, you guys are hilarious with the golf. I've never been on a golf course. I plan on never stepping on one. No, it's that's, too that's late to lie. learn. We'll take you out there, it's we'll too late. It's too late that's to learn, lie. bro. I, I don't. I don't want to struggle. Too late.
3: And if you play with us, it's not a high standard. Trust me.
1: Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass myself, so I just I stay out of there. Well,
3: I do that on a regular basis, so at least uh, <laughs> somebody doesn't have to worry about that. You know.
1: Hey man, you're killing it. Obviously, I follow you on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I haven't run your latest podcast yet, but. You're out there with everybody. I see the pictures. Uh, who's the coolest person that you've met out there? I'm sure there's somebody that you haven't met. I know you know everybody, but who's the coolest person that you've met since you've been out there? A uh, former player, a current player, a coach, someone in broadcasting? That's a loaded question, man.
3: Um, I- I'll phrase it this way. Favorite interviewing, this should be near and dear to your audience, was without a doubt the great Christopher Matt Duggar. So He'll be on the podcast next week. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But I would say... Listen, the coolest guy I met is my guy Tua. Come on now, Keith. You know I'm a Dolphins guy. I've Miami never met Dolphins. Miami uh, Dolphins. I, and I, and what I told Tua, I told him, Keith, we got to learn how to fall better, dude. I, I said that to him. I go, Tua, we got we got to learn how to fall. He's like, Yeah, man, we're working on that. So, uh, listen, maybe that's the Dolphin guy and me coming out. But uh, cool, meet my team's
1: quarterback. No question. Oh, yeah, I saw. He said he's gonna take up judo. He should just watch LeBron fall and flop around. That's a Quick way to learn how to fall down.
3: Well, I was gonna say, remember when uh, what was it with Sanchez? They brought Girardi in to teach him how to slide. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever whatever, Keith, whatever it takes to keep that dude on the field, I'm all for it, man. Judo, if it's Tai chi, uh, if it's whatever, man, that's the biggest issue the Miami Dolphins have because he could play, and he showed he could play at a very high level this year. You got to keep him on the field.
1: Well, his uh, former teammate Jalen Hurts gets to be in the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of focus and attention on this matchup with him and obviously Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. Uh, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm obviously rolling with the Chiefs because I don't want to see the Eagles win. But I just think Hurts has been motivated. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's been counted out so many times. He's this close to being immortalized, and uh, he's on that rookie deal. And there's always all this talk about you know getting to the Super Bowl and winning with these rookie quarterbacks. What do you think you're going to see out of Jalen Hurts on Sunday?
3: You know, Jalen Hurts has been counted out a lot. That's a great point. Gets benched in the national championship game. Tua comes in and bails him out. He has to leave Alabama, Oklahoma, mid-round draft pick. Then he's with the Eagles. Oh, he can't throw. He's a running quarterback. He's a gimmick. Um, and he's had a fabulous, fabulous season. Now, full disclosure, he's probably got the best offensive line in the NFL. He's got one of the best running games in the NFL. He's got two stud-wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And he's got Dallas Goddard, who I absolutely love. And, by the way, first touchdown, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard anytime touchdown. I'll be playing that every which way on FanDuel, just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah. But he's set up. That, but the thing is, Keith, is really set up. Now, let's be fair. Didn't play great against the Giants, final game of the year. Giant game, it was like a scrimmage, let's be honest. The Giants, which is not ready for the Philadelphia Eagles, and you look at the championship game, he missed a lot of wide-open guys. Yep. He's going to have to be much better in this game against the great Mahomes if they're going to go and win. But by the same token, Patrick Mahomes has not seen a pass rush as good as what Philadelphia is going to throw out there. And, man, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick, those dudes have been unbelievable all season. And we've seen the great dominant pass rush go and disrupt and win a Super Bowl. The Giants had that blueprint. Tampa Bay had that blueprint, so that to me is the mo for Philly. Get after the quarterback, and Hurst got to make a couple plays, and they'll find a way to win.
1: Defense wins championships. I know it's cliche, but there's obvious like truth to that. Like if you don't, you know, if you don't stop them from scoring points, you, points, you can't win. And I know we're expecting a ton of points. I've been saying that, you know, with the over/under set at fifty, and uh, all the money that's going to be wagered on this Super Bowl, I expect uh, if not both teams, at least one team to put up thirty. And you already mentioned uh, Dallas Goddard. I think I've also got Boston Scott anytime touchdown. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. I'm really looking at the tight ends. I just feel like, uh, well, Goddard really on the Eagles. But then with Patrick Mahomes, they deploy uh, Noah Gray. And um, I'm I'm also looking at Justin Watson, who didn't play because he was sick in the AFC Championship. I think he's a sneaky play to potentially find the end zone. They also run Blake Bell out there, Jody Fortson. uh, I I expect Andy Reid to get crafty. Do you see Andy Reid losing another Super Bowl? Patrick Mahomes losing another Super Bowl? That's the only real thing. I'm, I'm rolling with the Chiefs because I think they're going to do anything to win this game.
3: You know, that narrative does scare me a little bit, dude. not going to lie. The idea that Reid's going for number two, you don't know how many more chances he's going to have. Because, listen, Andy Reid's been coaching forever. He could decide tomorrow he's walking, Keith. Yeah. Mahomes is going to be back. That's obvious. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. One and two, two and one, there's a different feel to that. I like the Eagles though in the game, man. I do. And I hate Ben against Mahomes. I, I do. It makes me sick. It's not going to be comforting. It's not going to be enjoyable. But to me, that team is just flat out better. I mean, if we're going pound for pound, one three, 52 and we're taking the quarterback position out of this, man. Offense a lot, better for Philly. Defensive line, better for Philly. Philly. Weapons, better for Philly. Where do the Chiefs have the edge? Quarterback. Mahomes has to be extraordinary to me if Kansas City is going to go and win this game but one thing I'll say Keith I'd worry from Philly's standpoint if they fall behind in this game because they have been kind of a front-runner team and that's because they've been dominant throughout this year I would be very nervous if you see a situation in which Philadelphia is down 10 nothing. that could be problematic
1: yeah, I can't wait for this game. Andy Reid is 3-0 against his former team, and I feel like this is his biggest test, right? I feel like uh, they also say Andy Reid is the best coming off a bye. He's had two weeks to prepare for his former team. I feel like he's got to have some inside intel still in Philadelphia. We've seen him run all types of formations and plays. They have this uh, you know, different formation where they they all spin around and he try and trick you. It's going to be a game that Andy Reid has to outcoach Nick Sirianni, who's in his second year, and Patrick Mahomes, like you said, has to be magical, has to be special, has to make a ridiculous play, ridiculous throws, I think, to even you know keep the Chiefs in it. Because the Eagles are stacked. They built their team. like, And you know what? They kept going for it. They had that game where uh, they lost against the commanders. The commanders ran the ball well on them. And they said, all right, we need reinforcements on this D-line. Their D-line is stacked. And I just, I don't know. I look at this team as like they're, they've been on a mission all season, uh I think the Chiefs have been counted out, but you know they've been shaky all season against the spread they almost you know they almost never covered the spread. They had games where they looked shaky against the Houston Texans, but it's the Super Bowl anything can happen i'm I'm super pumped I'm super excited uh for it let's switch gears from the Super Bowl while I have you and uh you know I wanted to get your comments so uh or your thoughts on the comments from Brian Cashman uh earlier this week talking about uh the expectations of The fans and how here in New York, you know, if you don't win the World Series, it's a failure. And looking back on this past Yankee season, you and I have run into each other. I just said before you came on, we run into each other from the bodega to the Delta Suites. And we've watched. We've sat there through it. I think we were there during the ALCS or maybe even the ALDS. And what I said about it was like, I don't know why Cashman wants credit for things like, you know, getting to the ALCS and getting swept. And uh, I don't know how you really want credit when you should have won over 100 games, but your team didn't all the way collapse, but they faltered for about a month uh, based off of the team that you built, based off of the backups that you had, the reinforcements you had. How did you feel when you heard that Cashman went on Chicago radio and kind of threw some extra uh, story out there where he slighted the fans? You know, I've said
3: this for a while, Keith. There is way too much entitlement from the Yankee GM and the Yankee manager when they have not won a darn thing. I mean, let's be honest. Brian Cashman has not been in a World Series in 13-plus years. 13-plus years. Enough. Enough of the bouquets. uh, Enough of hearing how great everything is in the Yankee line. Listen, I'm not saying the Yankees don't have a terrific team that can compete for a World Series, but you got to get there. And when you get as outclassed as they did by the Eastern Astros, people like you and me don't want to hear that. The Yankee fan does not want to hear that. They need to close the gap, Lee it. Did they do enough in order to do so? I like Rodon. I think their pitching is going to be stupendous. I don't trust the manager in a big game. I mean, any Yankee fan that's going to tell you they trust Aaron Boone for nine innings is kidding themselves. That's number one. Number two, the Yankees have lost in the postseason consistently over the last five-plus years because they don't hit. They don't score enough runs. Has anything changed within this Yankee lineup? I mean, it's great. Aaron Judge is back. I'm thrilled. My dude, my favorite on the team, by the way, it's not even close, is Anthony Rizzo. He's back. That's awesome. But the lineup still, to me, is lacking. I'll tell you two things that need to happen for the Yankees, team. Lemayu has to bounce back. Enough of Donaldson. They need Lemayu to be the contact guy. Maybe not as good as he was in 2019, but give me 70% of that. That's a big boost. And they have to play one of the kids at shortstop because I'm going to go gray. I'm going to lose all my hair if I'm sitting there for a month in April and I got to watch IKF at shortstop. That will drive me to drink. <laughs> Literally drive me to drink. So those are two keys that I have for the Yankees. But listen, for Mr. Cashman, we get it. You know, baseball is a crap shoot. Uh, we just got to get in it. Sooner or later, 13 years. A lot of teams, Keith, in the American and the National League, have gotten to the World Series in that time period. The Yankees are not one of them. Enough is enough. Got to get there.
1: Yeah. Well, I just thought it was crazy that, you know, he would talk like that after the drought that it's been. And uh, the fact that you are in New York, you could have the most ridiculous home field advantage, but you couldn't take a game in Houston. And then the team fell flat on their face in the Bronx in game three. And then game four, you could get in there for 20 bucks. No one wanted to be there. That's embarrassing, right? And you're talking about these fans. I got to be honest. I didn't want to be there. So game four, I said, Mom and Dad, you guys can go. The tickets are yours. I'm saying, I didn't home. go. I went to game three. I didn't show up to game four. You don't you don't go to that funeral. And I wanted to scratch my eyes out watching Jeremy Pena celebrate being the MVP in Yankee Stadium on our field. I'm like, Cashman thinks that's good enough. Cashman thinks that. Oh, where do we end up? We were in the final four. We were four games away from the World Series. No, you weren't. Like, if it was, if it was, a, if there was, if it was a ten game series, you probably would have been not lost. <laughs> you probably would have lost five or six of those games. Like, you weren't as close as you are trying to make it seem. And the Astros seem to find a way to get back to the American League Championship every year, and the World Series every other year. What are they doing that you haven't figured out? You have all the resources, being in Market One, being in New York. I am just tired of the excuses. I am tired of the oh well, we were close.
3: But I thought the Astros us better uh, across the board. Their player development is better. Their pitching is better. Their lineup is better. Their manager is better. The organization period is better. And mark my words, they're not going anywhere. You know it, and I know it. Yankees want to get to a World Series and win a World Series. That's the team you got to go and beat. Now, maybe Verlander going to the Mets will help them a little bit. But you know, I saw our buddy Ricky Ricardo this week at Radio Row. Always great seeing Ricky. By the yeah, way, he's on the pod. One of my the man.
0: favorites. One Love of my Ricky. favorites.
3: Um, He's talking up Abreu, going to the Astros. Think about that for a minute. That guy's got something to prove. You stick him down middle, back end of the lineup. Jose Abreu is probably going to mash. Give Ricky credit. He brought that up to me, and I'm like, yeah, you're 100% right dude."
1: Yeah, they, they take every opportunity to get better. They go from Yuli Goriel to a former MVP that is definitely going to be better than he was in cold, windy Chicago. He's, he's definitely going to mash. Their lineup is ridiculous, and uh, it's ridiculous that Cashman – would even think to go on a, a radio station in another city and kind of take a jab at the fans and our expectations. Well, we're hungry. It's been 13 years, and we all see there's one team that we need to beat and be better than. It seems like a simple job. you got to figure out how to beat Houston, and you can get back to the World Series. Hopefully this is the year.
3: been too long. And unfortunately, Keith, I think the Yankees are very content with the season they had. And that's part of the problem. Maybe not the players, but the vibe <laughs> I get within that organization it's like, hey, we, we we want a division, you know, we want a round. It's the bar, my friend, has been lowered dramatically to what it used to be. Let's just, let's just put it that way. The bar has been lowered.
1: Yeah, those pinstripes are heavy, bro. The Yankee way that we grew up on it, it ain't the same way anymore. And uh, they're good with just being in the dance. They're good with coming close and saying it's a crapshoot. Meanwhile, some of the same teams figure out how to get there every year, and they. Can't figure it out. I said Judge had a good year last year, not the Yankees. And guess what? Judge is not going to be able to duplicate that year in 2023.
3: Oh, no chance. Uh, if he is Keith, if he hits 45 home runs and plays 130 games, I think you have to sign for
2: it. You have to sign that. for it.
3: That's a great <laughs> I would year. I love that. Can you believe that's like we're talking about a down year from Aaron Judge? Oh, 45 home runs, 120, 130 games. But uh, can you believe there are knuckleheads who didn't want to resign this guy? Like, uh, I, I ran into people, oh, you don't want to give me that amount of money. Well, what is it? Is it your money? Are, are you looking at some of these insane contracts that are being thrown out in Major League the, Baseball? Man, that's Please. also Thank Cashman's fault. Cashman
1: handled that all terribly. He should have had him locked up before opening day last year. I'm driving to the stadium listening to Tiki and Tierney, and we find out that the numbers are out there for the extension, and Judge, it's all awkward, and he's like, I got to go warm up. I don't want to talk about this stuff. We don't, I won't take up any more of your time, bro. I hear cars beeping in the background. I know you got stuff to do. And uh, we'll, we'll be right back in Yankee Stadium real soon having these same conversations. Thanks for joining uh,
3: It's getting nuts in Phoenix. I'm not going to lie, Chase. as you can hear right now. It is getting nutty. Yeah, uh, Friday Christmas night. We'll be on our way to Tempe in the FanDuel party in about a half hour. So there's that. Yeah,
1: if you see KD out there, tell him I said what's up and thanks for nothing.
3: Uh, I will pass that message along gladly, <laughs> my friend. Gladly.
1: Thanks for joining us, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, JJ, John Jaskramski on the fan. That's my guy. He's always solid. And uh, <laughs> that that conversation you just heard is a conversation we've had in Yankee Stadium. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like that's, uh, you know, obviously not the same conversation we've had in the past, but that's the same, you know, style. Every time I see John, I go sit next to John and we rap for a little bit about the Yankees and the state of the evil empire that was.